Hey friends, today I'm very thrilled to share some exciting news about my latest book, Positional Authority Ain't Leadership, Behavioral Science for Navigating Bullshit, Optimizing Performance, and Avoiding Ask Clownery. It's just been released and it's already soared to number one bestseller status across six categories on Amazon. It's a book that dives into how behavior analysis can revolutionize leadership and it's packed with insights and strategies for navigating complex organizational dynamics. But I know what you're thinking. There are countless leadership books out there, right? What makes this one stand out? Well, it's not just about theories and abstract concepts. Positional Authority Ain't Leadership is about actionable, science-based tactics that address real-world challenges. So if you're looking for a guide that combines behavior analysis and organizational behavior management with practical, down-to-earth advice, Positional Authority Ain't Leadership is the book for you. Welcome to the Thoughts and Rants of a Behavior Scientist show. Hosted by Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling author, Dr. Pauly. Hey folks, Dr. Pauly here and thanks for joining me on my thoughts and rants of a behavior scientist show where I take a look at common issues or phenomena in our personal and professional lives, give you my thoughts, sometimes rant about it, and hopefully provide you with a practical solution or two. Today, I want to talk to you about the tone of your emails and texts and how they might be killing morale and performance in your organization, and they might even be hurting your personal relationships. Now, communication is very complex. Even the slightest change in tone, volume, or cadence, what we call paraverbals, can alter the communicative intent as experienced by the listener. Take this excerpt from Donnie Brasco when asked what forget about it means. Now, fair warning, there's adult content ahead. All right, here we go. Forget about it. It's like uh, if you agree with someone, you know, like Raquel Welch is one great piece of ass. Forget about it. But then if you disagree, like a Lincoln is better than a Cadillac, forget about it. You know, but then it's also like if something's the greatest thing in the world, like those peppers, forget about it. But it's also like saying go to hell, too, like, you know. Like, hey, Pauly, you got a one-inch pecker. And Pauly, now that's the character in the movie, not me, says, forget about it. And sometimes it just means forget about it. Now, in this Donnie Brasco example, the topography or the way the words look on paper are exactly the same. However, the slightest change in the tone, volume, or cadence of the statement alters the function or purpose of it in each case. Some researchers have found that from 60 to 90% of communicative intent does not come from the actual words being stated, but by the body language, micro-behaviors, if you will, and paraverbals of the speaker. 60 to 90%. Let that settle in for a second. Unfortunately, many people are poor observers of their own behavior and the impact of it on others. This includes their verbal behavior, and verbal behavior is comprised of what we say vocally as well as our written communication in the form of emails, texts, etc. And here's the thing, when it comes to written communication, we are missing all of the data that comes in the form of body language and paraverbals to help us to best understand the communicator's intent. As a result, emails and texts can create havoc as they are misinterpreted. Even the latency between responses to emails and texts can have unintended impact. In some cases, delayed responses might be interpreted by the sender as low engagement or disinterest in the subject or the sender. 
In other cases, an immediate response might signal high engagement or increased interest in the subject or perhaps respect for the sender. And in many cases, the responder was probably simply busy with other things in the case of latency or had a moment to respond in the case of more immediate responses. The time between the message and the response had nothing at all to do with engagement, respect, etc. Now, a few years back, I remember a colleague calling me on the phone, very stressed. Sorry, I walked over to your office to find you and then to the lunchroom, but I didn't see you there. We need to talk. Apparently, he had just received an email from the director that upset him. It said, please come see me as soon as possible. The email, which was rather short and to the point, left him with many questions. An important one of which was that he didn't know if he was in trouble or something. So before going to the director, he wanted to know if I'd heard anything. I replied no, but empathized with him that I might have felt the same way had I received a similar email. It's not that the director was a bad person or someone to be feared. However, she didn't necessarily instill a feeling of safety in the folks on his team. And she did send similar emails when she was displeased regarding an employee's performance. Therefore, the less clear she was in the email, the more variable the response might be given the recipient's history with her. If you've had anything in your history where a similar ambiguous statement was made as an antecedent to something bad, it might evoke a similar response from you. As it turns out, the director had a birthday card for one of the other team members that she was trying to get everybody to sign before giving it to him. Though the panic my colleague experienced was clearly all for nothing, it's easy to see why he hit the panic button. And while some folks with positional authority might suggest people just get over it, that's actually poor leadership and management as it comes at a cost. Beyond the emotional cost to him, it also came at a cost to the organization at the combined rate of his time worrying about it, attempting to find me, discussing it with me, and my time listening and providing my two cents. And that's not to mention the potential impact on morale and performance like Negative behavioral karma, the ripple effect across the organization can have a devastating effect. The same issue, though at a different scale, can occur across personal relationships as well. You see, communication isn't about the communicator's intent, it's about their impact. While the director's intent appeared to be noble, the receiver of the communication did not experience it this way. I've seen this very thing act as a killer of morale and performance across organizations as emails sent out to employees are perceived differently than the writer's intent. When crafting emails or texts, especially if you are in a leadership position, you must know your audience. For example, personal versus professional, and you must be very aware of the tone of your email. Yes, it has a tone. It's been my experience that very short messages tend to leave variability in terms of the writer's intent especially under conditions where the writer and receiver do not have a long history of interactions. On the other hand, long messages can be a problem because they won't get read in their entirety. Some people suggest using emojis as a means of conveying tone. One study even found that younger adults ages 18 to 29 believe that colleagues who use emojis appear more fun, more approachable, and kinder. That same study suggests employees 45 and older perceive emojis as being annoying and unprofessional. And if you notice, there is a big gap in there between 30 to 44 year old employees. It would be important to know what they think as well. So what's the takeaway from this episode? 
Well, communication is extremely complex and can have a profound impact on the listener. And because much of the data is missing in written communication like emails and texts, they can become a challenge as there is an increased variability of interpretation by the receiver, so they might not get the message you were intending to send. Whether professionally or personally, you need to be aware of your audience when crafting your message to increase the likelihood your communicative intent will be received as intended. In addition, avoid assuming. Instead, seek out feedback from the receivers from time to time to gauge their perception. In an organization, a simple survey regarding emails can be very revealing. Questions related to frequency, length, and tone can provide important data related to the current impact of the organization's emails. You might also ask how employees feel about emojis. Perhaps your culture will support them, perhaps not. And this all applies to your personal emails and texts as well. So why not avoid assumptions and let the data do the talking? Be well, and thank you for tuning in to the Thoughts and Rants of a Behavior Scientist show.